Hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Tell You What, the podcast, where we talk with young songwriters about the craft of songwriting, the live music experience, and other stuff. We're delighted to have as our guest for this episode, Caroline Spence, one of the most talented young singer-songwriters working today. Caroline has a new album out on Rounder Records called Mint Condition, and I cannot recommend it enough, particularly if you are a fan of artfully crafted songs. And if you're not, well, you should be. On this record and in our discussion, Caroline shows that she not only has natural talent, but she also possesses love and respect for the craft of songwriting itself. She can turn a phrase with the best of them, but not simply for the sake of being witty or tricky. Her words and imagery are carefully chosen in the service of the song and the messages they convey so artfully. Caroline was very kind to take time out from her very busy schedule for this chat, as her album had just been released a week prior. I was on the road myself, stopping over in Pittsburgh on my way to the mountains of Maryland, to the magical bluegrass festival that is Delfest. So apologies if the audio quality of this one is not up to our usual exacting tell-you-what standards, but the discussion itself is top shelf, I can assure you. So let's get to it. Here's our chat with Caroline Spence. Thank you, and welcome to Tell You What, the podcast. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, you are in Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm in Pittsburgh, and you and I just saw each other a couple of days ago in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And you performed a show at the Tell You What Studios, which in fact was the last show ever in that space, right? Yep, honored. <laughs> but we really enjoyed having you there for the show. Let's talk about your background a little bit. You grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia, right? I did, yeah. And what I understand was like a musically encouraging home. Um, can you talk about what kind of music you were exposed to when you were younger and what you remember from that time musically? Uh, my mom and dad were both just music fans. My mom plays piano and studied voice in, in university. My dad just calls himself a professional listener, and he's seen <laughs> every... Uh, concert a man of his age you would it was supposed to have seen basically and right. I'm really encouraged you know going to see live music and he made um these cassettes of like early Beatles albums that I still don't know if I know have a concept of actually the way that the albums are split in that early part of the catalog because I just think of my early Beatles cassette tape and where that split happens so I really, yeah, I fell in love with the Beatles was the first band. It was all I wanted to listen to until I was like five years old. And my parents loved like Bonnie Raitt and Mary Chapin Carpenter. And, you know, they were they were always uh, into the singer-songwriter kind of genre. 
And did they take you to see live shows when you were young? Yeah, the first show I ever saw was Raffi, which was, I mean, any, okay. any four-year-old's dream. Um, and then we saw, I mean, I saw Mary Chapin Carpenter. I think it was my second show. I saw the Spice Girls. We went to, there was also just a lot of live music in the community in Charlottesville. Like, there was a free right. concert series every Friday night. And so, um, to my parents and my aunt, who went to Belmont and uh, studied audio engineering and played in local bands in Charlottesville. And it was just, it was just always around me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you started playing music at a young age also, is that correct? Fairly young. Um, I guess I started trying to play guitar uh, when I was like 13. Um, okay. But I always sort of wrote songs, like little joke songs or something like that, starting when I was there's proof of it starting at age seven. So all that was going on before you picked up the guitar. Yeah. So has the experience of music for you always been connected with that creative expression of writing your own songs? Or was there kind of a separate development where you wanted to learn to play music and separately you were writing these things? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think it was a pretty... I don't know. I think it was just sort of a natural development. I think it was the first thing you said spoke to me um, more. But I, I don't know. I just was always drawn to make music. And, you know, even when I was little, just to imitate it or try and learn mm -hmm. all the words to my favorite songs or pretend like I was playing guitar in the mirror. I was just always really drawn to being inside of of the, a musical experience. I mean, it just was, I mean, I used to play Beatles as like a game. I just, which just meant singing along to the Beatles and I got to be George. So I just was always drawn to being a part of it in some way. And so I think realizing that I, I had access to instruments and lessons and stuff was, was something I didn't, you know, uh, I didn't realize when I was young, but if I just, as soon as I figured it out, I, I just grabbed onto whatever I could. So once you picked up the guitar, um, how long before you started writing and eventually performing your own songs with the guitar? Um, well, I mean, I think I picked up the guitar so I could write, I guess. I right. wish I had more of like a conscious memory of that time, but it all feels very connected. I mean, it was within the first year or two that I was, I got the chance to sort of start playing out. And that was because of my aunt, um, Lisa, who was a local musician and invited me to come play a couple songs at her concert. Yeah. So at this time, you're what, 14 or 15? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Wow. And then that, that was it. That you, From then on, you just were a person who played your songs publicly from that age. Yeah. And I don't think I really realized what I was doing, Like, which I'm really glad, or else I probably would have... <laughs> Being the more of an, I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert, but somehow I've just always been comfortable sharing my songs, which are the most personal part of me. I just was like, oh yeah, I'll do this show. That sounds like fun. Not realizing like how vulnerable I really was being for like a teenager. But um, yeah, I got to open for like a few national acts that came through Charlottesville uh when I was like while you were in high school while I was in high school I didn't have to like and I'd make you know 50 bucks or something so I didn't have to work at the ice cream shop you know <laughs> it was it was kind of cool and then you went to college and then did you study music at college I didn't study music it was a smaller school so the music department was just a little more straightforward and I I was very much like not classically trained in anything 
besides like the cello, which is what I played in high school and middle school and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, my, my musical interests weren't really reflected in the music department, but they had these ensembles that you could take part in. And I was in the bluegrass ensemble. So okay. that basically meant you were in like a band and you learned a bunch of traditional bluegrass music and gigged around. And it was really, it was really, um, you know, it was a great outlet. Now, in, in Charlottesville, you're near the Blue Ridge there. Was there much of a um, that traditional music that seeped into your home based on the fact that you lived there? Yeah, and my grandparents are from, like, Appalachia, basically. And mm-hmm. our, like, my mom's family is related to the Stanley brothers through my great-grandfather. So that's just sort of been a oh, type something. of music. Yeah, it was my great-grandfather and Carter and Ralph were first cousins and and Carter were best friends and um so that's always sort of been a part my grandparents my mom's parents loved that type of music and so it was like peripheral for me it never was something that was playing in the house constantly but it was definitely something that I always respected and appreciated just because I knew that that was the music of like where my family came from um so let's jump ahead a little bit uh eventually you moved to Nashville am I right Mm -hmm. so here's a Nashville question among other things, Nashville um, is the home of the, the co-write, right? This uh-huh. is kind of systematic, <laughs> collaborative approach to songwriting. I think on your new album, there's only one song that's co-written. That, so what are your feelings about working with others in the writing process, particularly since your musical base in Nashville seems to be a lot about uh, that collaborative process? I mean, I think it's great. I think, you know, I've done it, I sort of know what, co-writing um means to me and sort of my relationship to it as a writer and as an artist are sort of separate I think the type of music that I'm releasing as an artist I don't necessarily feel like I need help with in a way but I think that I have cut and recorded co-written songs because I've gotten to know really fabulous songwriters um and and written with fabulous songwriters that I've been able to take these ideas to that I'm, I was like on this new record, the co-write is song about a city. And I had this idea and I just was stuck. And I took it to this woman, Ashley Ray, who I'd written a few songs with. And I just kind of had a feeling her voice was going to be the one that kind of shook things loose. And so I think that a lot of times that the songs that are co-written and end up on my album, it's sort of in that situation where I sort of put the little bit of a song I had in the hand of a trusted, um, you know, voice I've gotten to know through writing. Um, mm-hmm. But I love, I mean, I'm a total nerd when it comes to songwriting. So I think that, like, it's pretty amazing to sit in a room with someone and three hours later you have a song that, you know, you never could have written by yourself but that you're proud of and feels like yours. I just had one today and it just was, I haven't done it in a while just with the new record and I was like I almost canceled because I had a lot going on with tour but it was with a you know a friend and a person I really admire that I hadn't gotten a chance to write with and so I'm really glad I did it sort of it's like a breath of fresh air so did you start and complete a song today yeah with this person mm-hmm. and that's just efficient you know <laughs> right <laughs> my songs that's another thing it's like you know my song's if I'm writing on my own, I'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's good enough for today. But you're like, okay, well, we're here for a few hours. We should really, you know, 
you can you can spend three hours and walk out with a song that it would have taken you probably months to write on your own or never could have yeah some of that is maybe the discipline of keeping each other honest in that yeah, process. Yeah, totally. Well, let's talk about your process a little bit. I mean, so what does your standard writing session look like? Are you a blank piece of paper at a desk? Or do you have your guitar? Or I'm sure it's probably different. Yeah, but... I mean, I think it's it's changed a little bit, but it's always been me and my guitar. I don't usually write without it. If I write without it, it's because I'm trying to, like, shake something loose within, like, maybe within a lyric that I've been stuck on or I'm trying to just like do a free writing exercise, but very much, uh, uh, write with the guitar in hand and just kind of play and honestly just like play and sing into the air until something sort of stumbles out that I catch on to or something that seems, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's sort of like when I was little, I used to just like make up songs off the top of my head and I could keep myself busy for hours doing that. And so I feel like this is like the more refined version of that, really. So do you end up with then bits and pieces of things you might come back to later? Or do you oh, try yeah, and for get sure. one idea that you work forward um, from? I mean, one is if you can get one, that's pretty good out of just singing yeah. gibberish into the air. But yeah, so I try and, you know, record on my voice memo app. And, you know, a lot of times I go back and listen to things and then I'll type it up. So when I... Um, or write it down and so I kind of can go back to the little bits and pieces but um, yeah I think for me a lot of the process is giving myself some sort of unfiltered experience whether that's with just writing free write or just singing into the room are there any other tricks you try and do to get that unfiltered brain going no those are kind of my my two main ones um I mean I I studied creative writing in college so sometimes I go back to like trying to do some of those like free writing and and word association things if I get really stuck but I mean I think lately it's just my 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 new kind of form of this craft is my discipline in coming back to things yeah to finish the to song. finish the dang song <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I hear a lot of that yeah uh, let me go back and follow up on uh, the Nashville thing real quick. Are there, are there other ways that you find living in Nashville has kind of informed or effective, affected your creative process? Um, I mean, I think just living here and really getting to witness some of the most talented people uh, probably in this country just by, like, stumbling into your local bar, you know, I think just constantly being aware of the quality of work that others are doing has just kept me on my toes in a way that I like forever be thankful for you know you go out to see a show maybe maybe you're going out to see a friend but the opening band just knocks your socks off and you go home and you're like well I'd never heard of that person and they're writing something better than what I've done in months so let me get back to work so I think just being here and 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 being surrounded by people that are kind of working their ass off and trying to hone their craft has really, I think maybe not informed my creative process, but certainly encouraged me to work on my own creative process. Right. Okay. Let's talk about the new album, uh, Mint Condition. Um, it's a gem, by the way. I absolutely love it. Um, you must be very proud and happy with the way it came out. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. So, it's so. Been, yeah. I don't know how to talk about it sometimes, but yeah, I, I am. It's really 
it's been a gift to me to hear that it's reaching people. Okay, so one of the things I like about it is that it plays like a complete work. The mm. songs kind of work with each other. They belong together. You know, in this modern Spotify age, sometimes that is lost, right? Yeah. Where, 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 where artists release singles along the way, and then the album comes out, and it's maybe not as cohesive uh, a work. Um, mm -hmm. So is that something you were after with this? Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely, I mean, I, I, I understand the singles and Spotify thing, and that's an important part of it. But I also, I mean... I'm fortunate that the type of people that are listening to my music and this style of music are, they're still more or less album people. And yeah, I really, I think that the album as a, you know, form and concept is really important. And mm -hmm. yeah, I appreciate you seeing it as a, as a whole story. Yeah. So one of the themes uh, or the feelings I picked up on uh, shows up in the song, um, Who's going to make my mistakes? Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like uh, I pick up like a, an acceptance and maybe excitement about moving forward with your mm -hmm. life, um, almost because why not? So uh, the, I, I see it in like long haul. There's the line, uh, the same thing that keeps you up at night gets you out of bed in the morning, mm -hmm. right? And then in, in sit here and love me, uh, my shadow is the same place. Uh, I love you deeply, right? Mm -hmm. So. And then in, in Who's Going to Make My Mistakes, I, I hear this as like an optimistic song. It's like, yeah. <laughs> this is who I am, and, and I'm celebrating who I am kind of and moving forward. Am I on the right track here? Yeah, that's actually a really wonderful read of it. Yeah, and I think that's why we wanted to call it Mint Condition, <laughs> as strained as that is, because to me, like all those moments of like accepting exactly where you are and seeing yourself in, you know, recognizing your true form even when you're fucking up you know is sort mm -hmm. of part of it to come up with a good sounding way of asking a dumb sounding question right. okay um the dumb version is your songs are very personal mm -hmm. okay that's not even a question so that's really dumb but obviously the best songwriting comes from a position of, of like personal truth right mm -hmm. and, and um the, but there's a continuum there about how specific you choose to be with your personal story so how do you think about that like how far down that line do you choose to go with your personal stories and still try to hit that like sweet spot where the songs are still relatable to your audience? If you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, I think the answer as far as like the like crafty side of things or the specific side of things is detail. I think that you have to, there's a balance between sharing the specific thing that happened to you and like the way that thing made you feel. And I think it's just more my inclination to 
lean a little bit harder on the way it makes you feel, which I think is more of a universal thing. Like, I don't say, like, you dumped me on the corner of, you know, MacArthur and Broadway. You know, I, I say something different than that so i don't i don't know if, if that's answering the question but oh, that's um, an interesting answer i think that sort of helps keep it universal but like honestly i remember it was on a song on like my ep that doesn't even exist anymore like i wrote this song that was probably the most like literal this happened to me thing i thought it had like a couple specific details and it was it was called that necklace and it was about this necklace that i held on to from an ex that i was like why do i still have this and I thought it was like super specific to me. And that was like the song that reached people the most. And I, I hmm. kind of, that was a really kind of eye opening thing to me. And I think sort of set me off on a course of like not worrying about telling my story in specifics too, where it's just like the more you really tell people about yourself and tell your story, you're kind of the more likely you are to reach others. I think. Yeah, I think those are kind of two contradicting answers that I just gave you. But but yeah, I think the more you tell your story, I mean, we all kind of go through the same stuff. So I think fear of of being honest about your experience for that, it would, you know, be not shared with others is maybe the wrong way to look at writing personally. Right. Let's circle back to the the co-writing thing is maybe one of the reasons that you didn't co-write on this album is because maybe it's more difficult to tell a personal story when you are co-writing with someone? Um, I don't necessarily think that's true. I just wrote a lot of songs by myself in the last okay. few years. And, and I think those are just the ones that were speaking louder um, hmm. to me and my producer. I think I gave him, I mean, I gave him a lot more songs, uh, several of which were co-written. And these were just sort of the you know, kind of the batch that were speaking the loudest. Okay, let's talk about a uh, uh, song about a city. Yeah. This is kind of a, like a meta song about <laughs> writing a song, right? Yeah. And I noticed this is another theme or something I picked up in a few other songs where you kind of, I don't know if this is a term in songwriting, where you kind of break the fourth wall <laughs> you refer to the songwriting process itself, right? There's a line yeah. in another song where you say, looking for something to put in a song. Um and I, I think it's great because you, you, it kind of personalizes like another level of the songwriting. Um, can you talk about this song's story a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think this was like the I wish I could write a song about a city instead of songs about you was an idea I had for a while. And I think I knew the type of song it needed to be and the type of like patterns it needed to have. But I just sort of got stuck in a rut with it. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that was bringing it to Ashley really helped open up kind of new directions for that song. But to me, that idea came from, (laughs) well, I just was, I honestly, I think where it came from was I, I, my records have always been read as relationship records. And sometimes the way that's written about in like a review is like, Oh, poor thing. Like she must've had a feeling, and I'm like, okay, even if I wrote, like, what what's the opposite of writing about relationships? You just write about places? Like, you can't just write about a place. Like, there's always got to be something else. Like, there's 
I mean, everything is everything personal. is personal. Yeah. So for this, these read of these records to be these like, oh wow, this is really personal. I'm like, well, what is art and music? Like, do you want to read? Have me read like National Geographic to you over music? Like, I don't get it. So that this was sort of that's where that idea came from, which is like, well, I wish I could just write about a song about a city. I wish I could just call a song. You know, I mean, even like think about songs with cities in the title, like Greenville by Emmylou Harris. Like that's about people like, you know, Amarillo by morning. That's about people in relationships and feelings. And it's never just about a place. So that's sort of where where that came from. That's great. the song wait on the wine mm-hmm. and i want to talk about this one because in, in reading your back and background material when you talk about this song you provide a lesson about singing mm-hmm. that i think is really valuable to everyone of us who thinks they can't sing or they can't sing like they used to um so maybe you can talk i think you know what i'm getting at here maybe you can tell that story yeah um well this is a song i wrote i don't remember when i wrote it but it's it's been with me a while and it's at the time that I wrote it, I couldn't sing it. Like, I didn't, I heard, I heard the melody and I, I like knew where it was supposed to go. But even on my voice memos, I was like, could never hold the notes or I couldn't hit the, the, you know, I just couldn't hit the melody the way I heard it in my brain. And, mm-hmm. um, I think just cause I, and I knew it was a good song. I just didn't think it was ever going to be a song for me. And I think just to give my producer options, I recorded a voice memo of it to throw in the bunch that I was sending him for the record. And I sat right. down at this desk where I'm sitting right now and I just played it and I freaking sang it. I sang the bridge for the first time, how I ev- like the way that I'd heard it in my brain. And I listened to it back and I was like, okay, like that was, that was cool. And I just sent it on. And then Dan, my producer, loved it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Am I going to be able to actually do this? And we did it in the studio. And I freaking sang it. And I just couldn't. Yeah. I, I just all along the way, I was surprising myself. And even, um, you know, it's been the most intimidating song to sing every night because I'm still learning how to sing it. And I think I've, I've finally kind of figured out, you know, as a vocalist, where that song needs to live and those big moments where they need to be like coming from in my body. And it's really kind of exciting because you forget that singing is so physical and your voice is a muscle that can get stronger. So this has been sort of a nerdy, like (laughs) singing, like singers uh, journey with this song. So, but yeah, I would never have put this song on an album like the year that I wrote it because I couldn't have sung it. So a couple of years of basically training your voice made you able to sing it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've, I've been touring a lot and I do think that my voice has gotten stronger. I'm like 
not as afraid to like I just feel like it's it's stronger than it used to be and I've learned its boundaries and kind of like its placement um, in a way that I think you can only figure out by using it. And um, so I think I just had a little bit more of an awareness of my voice um, as like a, as an instrument, I guess, um, that allowed me to do like sing this song. So yeah, don't give up. Just keep singing in the shower forever. Everybody should keep singing forever. title track mid mm-hmm. condition and interestingly closing track on the album yeah um it's a wonderful song the lyrics express a, 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 like a beautiful truth and i think it's a sentiment that's um pretty sharp for a younger person to express so well that relationships um take work and that work is indeed worth it and and you kind of are looking back on something, right, and realizing, yes, we 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 had this relationship and we worked on it, and it's and it's great, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think I was able to even imagine that voice just because I got to grow up knowing both sets of my grandparents, who both had long and happy marriages, um, and were still very happy with one another, and just. I don't know. They just both seem to be so fully themselves. Um, Even as like older people, not to say that older people aren't themselves, but just to learn that as a young person to be like, Oh, like you're always going to have a crush on your sweetheart the way you did when you were young and you can still talk about it and have this look in your eye. And I got to like see that with my grandparents. And um, so it was, it was easy for me to imagine and I mean, I think I just sort of romanticized that too. So it was easy for me to write this romantic version of this life that I don't know. I hope exists for myself. Yeah, it's it's, it's wonderful. Um, I'm I'm a fan of like this serendipitous music story, like mm-hmm. like on a small level, like you sing a song and you turn it on the radio and and it's playing, mm-hmm. right? And those kind of musical, yeah, coincidence or circular stories that that happen I, I love hearing about them and talking about them and there's a the Emmy Lou Harris story on this song yeah. is, is fits probably in that category can you talk about that yeah so when I wrote this song um knowing that it was an older voice and I was a young woman in addition to sort of imagining the voice of my grandmother's uh, I was imagining her voice and her music um and that was Emmy Lou Emmy Lou 
Emmylou Harris's voice and music, and um, that was the other sort of, you know, angel on my shoulder guiding the melody and, and my pen and, and that sort of thing. And so I used to joke, like, when I would occasionally play this out, you know, I'd be like, okay, imagine me with beautiful, flowing Emmylou Harris hair right now. I'm going to try and sing this song for you that I have no business singing. So when I was going to work with Dan Nobler, who produced this record, he had somehow heard me sing this song live. And his sort of caveat for working together was like, we have to record that song. Like, it just sort of knocked him on his socks when he, what is that how you say it? Knocked him off his seat, took his, knocked his socks off. I knocked him on his socks. Sure. Um, I'm a writer. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, so he really loved that song. And I was like, sure, we can try and record it. And, um, I sort of, as we were getting closer to sort of post-production stuff, I was, I knew Dan had worked with Rodney Crowell and I knew there was sort of a line of communication that could potentially be open. And I just asked him one day cause he's a friend and I didn't feel like I was like, if he says no, it's whatever. And I was like, do you feel comfortable asking her to do this? And he was like, Oh my God, that would be amazing. Yeah. We should ask the worst she can say is no. Right. And so he asked her and she said no because she was really busy and she was trying not to take on more projects. But then being the sweetheart that she is, she wrote back and she said, send me the song. And so he sent her the song and she said, yeah, I'll do it. So it was just, and this was before I had my record deal. It was just me and Dan wow. and this song I wrote alone in my bedroom with her in mind. And she just, with, with her voice, with her in, voice in my head years ago. Yeah. And she said yes to it. So, that um, and then I to make it even further, my grandmother, my Mima, who I was sort of writing with her voice, um, I got to play it for her before she passed away this August, and so that's actually who the whole album is dedicated to is my my mm -hmm. Mima, and so she got to hear Emmy Lou sing her song, which is basically more important than the whole Emmy Lou part of it, but it's just cosmic and. A lot of beautiful ways. It's a wonderful ways. story. Yeah. <laughs> because music is the best. Yeah, you why. just never know what you if you you know what you put out in the universe, what's going to come back to you. Our bodies age, wrinkle and tired. That feeling of comfort overtakes desire, and I might have to learn. Came in condition was written quite some time ago, mm -hmm. and you talked about uh, one or two other songs that were written a while back. So, when you're in that process and have these songs in your arsenal, are you playing them out in public much as part of the process to kind of develop the songs before you record them? Main Condition's or? probably the only one I've played out. Um, okay, because that one I had released just as like a single song one time, but yeah, the ones that are older, like. They just, they're ones I had written and I don't even think I thought they were bad. I just didn't 
they just didn't fit with what I was working on at the time. And so I just went back and, you know, they were speaking to me, you know, in a way they hadn't before. And sometimes time is a gift in that way. So. Okay. So let's finish up with kind of a big picture question here. Mm -hmm. You're still a very young person, but you've been at this a long time. If you reflect on your journey since you started writing and performing at such a young age, in what ways do you think you've changed as a songwriter? Have you gotten better at certain things, um, changed your approach, the way you think about the process? Um, I think I think of it more as a craft than I did when I was, you know, writing in my bedroom when I was 15 and just trying to get things out, you know? Mm -hmm. But I also work really hard to make sure that I can get things out like I'm a 15 year old alone in my bedroom and that I'm not, despite, you know, now being a little bit more embedded in the business side of things that I'm not letting other aspects of what I do interfere with that, with my creativity, you know? So yeah. I've, I've kind of always said like, I try to, you know, the 15 year old writing alone in her bedroom, like that's, a, that's like a fire that I have in me that I never want to go out. So I just need to make sure that I'm always sort of writing from a place of really needing to write. And, um, and then, you know, now I know how to, to craft it. So it's a good song, I think, <laughs> but I yeah. think the honesty and the openness and the vulnerability that I, that, you know, anyone who's drawn to make music at a young age has innately is something that, like, you should always work not to compromise. Well, it seems to be working. <laughs> As I said, I, I really enjoyed this uh, Mint Condition album, and I hope you enjoy getting out there on the road and playing the songs. It must be exciting for you to finally be able to do it's that. It's really fun. It's been really, you know, you got to witness the first, like, you know, I think that was like our fifth show that we played in Chicago mm -hmm. and it's, it's just been so fun. It's really been like a breath of fresh air. Uh, and you know, a lot of these songs I haven't played outside of the living room in the studio. So it's really fun to get them out. That's great. Well, thanks so much for taking the yeah, time to meet with us yeah. and, um, and continue having fun out there. Thank you. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tell You What, the podcast. Please consider subscribing on iTunes or giving us a rating. That helps others find us. Or tell a music-loving friend to tune in. They will be ever in your debt. Be sure to check out Caroline's new record, Mint Condition. It's a beauty. And check out her website, carolinespencemusic.com, to find out when her tour is headed your way and take in a show. More great episodes coming soon, so keep in touch. Until then, remember, music is the best. <laughs>